This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 98. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Indie Business Podcast brought to you by the Indie Business Network. We offer affordable liability insurance to independent small business owners nationwide. We also provide entrepreneurial training and mentoring to empower you to achieve a happy life, a profitable business, and a meaningful legacy, something we call the ultimate trifecta. I'm your host, Donna Maria. I am a certified entrepreneur mentor and the founder and CEO of the Indie Business Network. In this episode, I interview Larissa Lewis of Jargon Gist in Pasadena, California. You know, every one of our episodes is special, but this one is extra special because Larissa is the daughter of IBN's very first member. IBN is 23, almost 24 year old, years old now. So we go way back to when her mother, the founder of a company called Kathleen Lewis Beauty Worldwide, joined IBN in 2000. This gave me the confirmation I needed that this venture that I believed in so much might actually work. Fast forward to today, and I have the honor and the privilege of knowing and loving. Kathleen's daughter, who is following in her mother's amazing footsteps as a successful indie business owner in her own right, as the founder and CEO of Jargon Gist, where she helps people take their content from sleepily head-scratching to undeniably mind-blowing. Larissa is also a valued member of our team here at the Indie Business Network, both as the main brains behind our Instagram page and as the writer for much of our content at the Indie Business blog. I cannot say enough about what a talented and skilled writer she is. And let me just tell you right now, you are going to want to take notes for this episode. I can't wait to share more and for you to hear more about Larissa. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Larissa now. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 98. And now let's get right to it with Larissa Lewis of Jargon Gist in Pasadena, California. Well, hello, Larissa Lewis from Jargon Gist in Pasadena, California. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I am so thrilled to finally join you on your podcast, Donna Maria. Well, we are absolutely thrilled to have you. So Jargon Gist in Pasadena, California, that's a little bit of a like a, a mini tongue twister. But before <laughs> we get to that, I'm just so excited to be able to introduce you to our listeners, because you go way, way back with the Indie Business Network. I love sharing with people that your amazing mother was the Indie Business Network's very first member. Yeah. And so I have known of you since you were running around in tutus um, <laughs> as a tiny little I don't do that girl. as much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do other amazing things, and we're going to get to that. But first of all, tell us like your way back, your, in the recesses of your mind, your introduction to the Indie Business Network. Absolutely. So I still remember when I was um, in high school, I would always help my mom package orders. Um, and you know, that was always a very detailed process, which I'm not sure is my high my high point. So um, I remember labeling candles, um, putting them into boxes, um, kind of helping on the shipping uh, side. But it was always so cool to watch her make uh, products and kind of, you know, see them in stores afterwards. I mean, it's one thing to see something your mom's putting together, you're a kid, you're kind of jaded, you don't think anything's really cool. <laughs> and you see her working on it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're in a store one day and you see that same product in the store. And I think that was such a really cool moment to kind of see all the hard work that she put into it kind of come into fruition out in the real world. 
Right. It's so great. Like it was in your house and now it's like on a store shelf, like, and maybe you actually put it into a box. Like I know when you see that, like it, it becomes real to you. It's not play anymore. And like real strangers are actually buying your products. Yeah. I think that's a really cool part about it. Um, you know, hear strangers come into stores looking for the product or, you know, um, expressing how much they love something that, uh, she had handcrafted. It was definitely a very special feeling. Um, and uh, it's really cool to be able to support uh, other women who are out there doing that same thing right now. Yes. And that is exactly what we do here at the Indie Business Network. So fast forward some number of years and you are an expert copywriter. Like you write amazing content. You are so creative and we are so lucky, like we just are so lucky to have you on the Indie Business Network team to create some of the content that we use and benefit from and share with the world here at the Indie Business Network. So I'm so excited to have you here to share from your wealth of expertise as a person who creates amazing content, because we know how important it is to us as entrepreneurs to be able to figure out how to do that. And it is such a challenging thing. We make great products, but we have to market them. We have to share them with the world. And in order to do that, we have to create content. So tell us a little bit about, you know, exactly what you do at Jargon Gist. And then we're going to kind of try and get some tips and tricks from you to create the best content that we can to sell our products. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to that point, I mean, it is so cool. It's definitely one of my favorite projects of the week, working with IBN, the project that we work on. Um, we do a, po- a blog post every week that features a handful of nine to 12 members. Um, and I think, you know, as we kind of just talked about, as a small business owner and especially a solopreneur, you know, you sometimes get in your cave and you're hard at work and you don't always have a chance to see that big picture every day. So it's really, really rewarding to see your name up in lights in one of these blog posts, you know, kind of like lights up your soul. So I think it's really cool to be able to write those articles each week. I feel like they're a little gift we can give to our members. Yes. And you do such a great job of coordinating that and putting that together. So tell us a little bit, Larissa, about, you know, the challenges that we all see out here in the world creating content. Like when the Indie Business Network started, Like I started blogging, like no one was blogging. There was no social media, right? So I know sort of giving away. That was I was just thinking that when my mom started her business, there was no social media. So things have changed a lot for sure. They They have absolutely changed a lot, but the importance of creating content has not changed. It is the same today as it was 23 years ago. However, the environment in which we're doing it has evolved and it will continue to evolve. So maybe we could start, Larissa, by regardless of the environment, tell us some of the core content creation things that we need to keep in mind that you feel are important regardless of the environment that we're in. Like, why is it important to not only make good products, but to be able to be a content creator? Why is that important or is that important? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, social media especially has given such a powerful channel that people can use to connect one-on-one with um, with their customers. I mean, think back to when you first started Indie, there was not really a lot of ways to do that. You said there's through a blog, um, you know, kind of email was maybe not as uh, popular as it is right now in terms of a marketing tool, but that was one of the things you can use. But social media has really opened up this new, like, direct bridge right mm-hmm. into somebody's living room mm-hmm. where you can really highlight exactly where your products shine. So I think one of the most important things about content is um, making sure that your content is really focusing on uh, that concept. So I kind of, I call this one, it's called the Cinnabon theory. <laughs> so, Ooh, yummy. Um, Tell us yeah, about so that. think about it. So if you're at the mall, you know, you're suddenly walking around and around the bends is that, you know, very aromatic, you know, cinnamon, cinnamon, rich scent. And, you know, suddenly you need a Cinnabon, right? It's like a siren song. <laughs> so as a writer and as a content creator, you can really crank up your own kind of uh, scent blaster and use your content as the Cinnabon lure. Um, the interesting thing that they say about that is 
Um, so when you think back to that scent, you're like, I need a Cinnabon. You smell it out in the world somewhere else. You're like, you're thinking about Cinnabons, right? So you want to use your content to be that Cinnabon scent. Um, one of the most serious jobs that our brain does actually, especially our memory, is it builds the future. So it's impossible to build a picture of the future without using the paint from our memories. So you want to use your content as the paint to create somebody's memories. Um, for instance, if you think of a beach vacation that you want to go on, your picture that you're building in your mind is peppered with all kinds of details you've seen out in the world. So maybe a childhood trip you took, an Instagram you saw, like a refreshing umbrella drink, um, the resort featured in that cute new Julia Roberts movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's called mm -hmm. Tickets to Paradise. So you want to create, you want to use your content to create these little pieces that people can use to build that image in their mind. So when they're, for instance, if they're having a stressful day, coming home to relax and kick back, they're thinking of your candle. I can't wait to light that candle. Or I wish I had that candle I saw on Instagram. That My mm -hmm. brain is saying that's part of the relaxing. That's mm -hmm. the Cinnabon sense. So okay. um you want to use your content to be the paint of somebody's memories that they can use to create, to really think of your product when they're in the moment, when they want it, when it's time mm -hmm. to light the candle, when it's time to take mm -hmm. the bath. Um, you want to be part of that experience. And I think that's a really big part of content that a lot of people mm -hmm. forget about. Mm -hmm. So is, is another way to say it too, kind of like little breadcrumbs, like you leave yeah. little breadcrumbs throughout your whatever social media you use are like tiny little breadcrumbs and people can kind of follow them and kind of nibble on them all, you know, all day, all week or whatever. And then yeah. hopefully they, you know, get to take a big bite when they make a purchase and their breadcrumbs, you know, sort of lead to this deliciousness at the end of the day, like the, the Cinnabon that they actually buy. Yeah. It's such a long process. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. have to be that week. I could see a picture right now, mm -hmm. you know, beautiful, bathroom scene somebody getting ready to you know take the most soothing bath and I see that one candle there I see those beautiful floral bath salts and that becomes something in my that's a breadcrumb in my mind when I'm thinking about relaxing I think of that bath salt so I think it's really mm -hmm. important one way you can look at building that mm -hmm. trail of breadcrumbs is to carve out for your brand like a part of the day that's just for your brand so are your mm -hmm. products like brilliant to start the day with are they to wind down at the end? Um, mm -hmm. Do they pop into a tote or an on-the-go beauty pick-me-up? You know, think of a certain part of, of the day that your products can brighten and build the breadcrumbs around that picture. That is such a great way to think about it. And so when you also think about breadcrumbs and also these little mini Cinnabon moments, I guess, that you're creating yeah. for your target audience, um, how important, Larissa, is it to remember that this is not like a one and done, like one or two breadcrumbs don't do it, right? We wish. <laughs> we wish, absolutely. I mean, that's such a, it, that's a great point because I think that's something that really holds people back from creating content. You know, they create a really, say you record a reel and you're so proud of it, you put it up and then, you know what? You realize I've got to do 150,000 more of those. <laughs> you know, it's not just a one day thing. So I think that does hold a lot of people back. They see how many, they, you know, see how consistent you have to be. And it can be kind of daunting to think about. Yeah, it, it really is. But but it's great to have your reminder, though. So we know that we're not alone. We know that it's not unusual. Like, wow, I put out the tastiest breadcrumb ever and nobody bought anything, right? Yes, so sometimes absolutely. you can. Yeah, sometimes you can feel like, what's it's wrong a trail. with me? Do my products Yeah, talk a little bit more about the trail. Absolutely. So it's definitely a trail that you have to build. And um, I think that's the part that takes a little bit to uh, maybe an obstacle to overcome. Um, it can be, especially if you're somebody, for, for instance, if you're trying to do more videos, um, if you're somebody that is uncomfortable on camera, you know, that's almost an immediate stopping point for you. Um, so it's really important to kind of build out that consistency and create that bigger picture for your customers to see themselves in and to connect with you through. Okay. So now that we remember that, um, that that's good to remember. And we all have it in our head from a practical perspective. How do we create some sort of a practical like content creation 
I don't know what to call it, maybe a system or yeah. or how do we, or what are your tips for helping people like create that? Like we have seven days a week. We want to take, you know, one or two off. Um, maybe we have like 10 social media outlets to choose from, not to mention our website, maybe where we have a blog and a newsletter and texting. <laughs> do you have any ideas to help people put this into some sort of a basic framework that we can work from, Larissa? Absolutely. I think the um, it all starts with the world's most annoying tip. Just get started. <laughs> Sounds easy, right? <laughs> Just do it. But that's the hardest thing to do. So I think for each um, each person, it's different. So you kind of have to think about what um, what are the things that motivate you. Each of us are different. So if you're motivated motivated by some of us are motivated by urgency. Some of us are motiva- motivated by things that are exciting. Some of us are motivated by rewards. So you can think of it that way. Think of what gets you going on something you don't want to do. Um, so if, for instance, if it's you're somebody that's motivated by rewards, say, I'm going to record five reels in a row, and then I'm going to be able to go get you know, my favorite scoop of ice cream at the local ice cream parlor. Um, if you're somebody that's motivated, some people are motivated by um, by uh, how exciting something is to do. I mm-hmm. think you're kind of like that, Donna. <laughs> as, <laughs> Maybe a little as, bit. <laughs> as am I. So you want to figure out how to make it something interesting. So you may have a list of things like, oh, these are the things. You know, perhaps you Google it or use AI, make me a list of you know mm-hmm. things uh, fans of candles might be interested in. You've got a list these look really boring to you, you're not going to do it, right? So right. make it something that is interesting to you. Don't focus so much on what um, you think the customer wants to hear or what you're supposed to say. What mm-hmm. is the most interesting part about your business? What's something, mm-hmm. you know, when you wake up in the morning, that's mm-hmm. the thing that makes you so excited to jump on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You could use that as a motivator to get started. So I think mm-hmm. the most important thing is to figure out what your personal motivators are and build your social media program around that. Um, to your other point, I say, pick one or two to stick with. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about TikTok right now, but I really like doing a lot of the carousels and graphic stuff on Instagram. That really mm-hmm. excites me. So mm-hmm. I put my energy and attention there because I know I'm going to do more of that mm-hmm. um, versus forcing myself to do something else. So I think mm-hmm. that's really a key part of it. You don't want to make it something you're forcing yourself to do, but mm-hmm. something that turns out to be fun for you. And the only way to figure out what part of it is fun for you is to get started. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so it's mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. a paradox in a way. You know, this is really interesting what you just said, because what it makes me think about, Larissa, is, and I don't know if people are going to throw things at their phone if they hear me say this, but what it makes me think about is exercise. Like people always say, well, what should I, should I do? And the answer I hear from experts like you in that field is do what you're going to do. Like, yeah. don't do what everybody says you should do. If you, you, if like you hate do, running, don't run. Exactly. Do walk or do weightlifting. Right. Um, right. Go to join a class at, right. at a gym. You find the part of it that if you like the social part, if you like the challenging part, you know, whatever. exactly what you're saying. Do what works best for you. Do what you're going to do. Yeah. So we can take a look at the 10 or 12 options that we have. Narrow it down to the ones that you think you would enjoy doing the most. Try those. That will show you which ones you like the most. Pick the one that you pretty much feel like you like the most. Yeah, like the one you you're most said, enthusiastic about. It. The one that yeah. gets your soul fired up. Yeah. And then you use There's that. A... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, back to what you just were talking about um, mm-hmm. doing what you're going to do. There's a, have you, if you've read the book Atomic Habits, there's a mm-hmm. little anecdote in there about a guy who wanted to start going to the gym. And he couldn't find the motivation. So every morning he started putting on his gym clothes and driving to the gym. And he'd just sit in the parking lot and then go home. <laughs> so it, it was the, like physically getting to the gym, driving to the gym that was holding him back. So he really broke it down into those small pieces. I'm going to start with just arriving to the gym. <laughs> and then once I get comfortable with that, then I'll start going into the gym. So um, you can really think of it that way as well, really making it into those kind of small pieces you can tackle um, throughout the, throughout the journey, not just going, you know, 
feet first, all in. That's really overwhelming to think about to start. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go in saying, I've got to do 20 posts a week, I'm going to do three right. a day and right. a carousel and a reel, like you're overwhelming yourself right. instantly. So, you know, <laughs> just drive to the gym, start there. Right. <laughs> I love that. That is so, just that is so empowering. Like, just put Instagram on your phone. Like, that's it. Just yeah, put it really on your phone. Right. Yes. And that's so, that's so, that gives us permission to not do all the things. It gives us permission to, to, you know, take a whole month to actually blast off, but that's better than doing nothing. After yeah. a month, you're sitting there going, oh, you're beating yourself up because you've done nothing. It right, can be so but, overwhelming, especially if you're on social media right. a lot. Everybody yes. seems like some sort of marketing maven. And True. you think you can't pull the trigger unless you yeah. know you're ready to dive right in in that manner. Yeah. And then you know yeah. you get overwhelmed and you do nothing. So right. you know, figure out what's your right. driving to the gym steps that you can start with. Yes. Yes. So I I, I want to ask you some more about this because because these are such good tips and such good ideas. I want to back up for a second and ask you a little bit about your entrepreneurial story, Larissa. Like jargon just. Oh, sure. You've developed so many, and by the way, you guys, you have got to check out her Instagram. Her videos are bite-sized, they're breadcrumbs. They're bite-sized nuggets that you can literally watch quickly and, and get some really good tips. But I want to share with everyone a little bit about your story too, Larissa. Like, how did you start Jargon Gist? What was your inspiration and how did you actually start your business? <laughs> well, this, uh, it's a pretty funny story, actually, but it started um earlier in my you know nine to five career I worked at a company that created our manufactured and engineered aerodynamic products for bicycles so I started learning about a lot about the different kinds of testing that you can perform to test you know uh, to, to, to test how aerodynamically efficient uh something is in like a wind tunnel or through various other equations and tests that you can do so those are always really interesting, but how do you sell that to a customer, right? How do you sell the results of that test to a customer? How do you make it make sense? How do you make it interesting? How do you kind of turn that into a story that is memorable to a customer and also encourages them to want to check out or buy the product? So a lot of the stuff I was working on there was translating very technical information mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. kind of customer benefits. Things mm -hmm. that would you know get a, would excite a excite a customer and not just one who was also a fluid uh, dynamicist <laughs> like you know <laughs> right I'm not just a, a fellow physicist but um, how can we make these interesting to normal people as well so um, that's really where it all started and honestly a little bit down the road from there one day I was at the gym funny funnily enough. And the guy next to me is mumbling and groaning and complaining. And I was like, what's your problem? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm having, you know, I work for this really technical company and I'm just having the hardest time with our marketing. <laughs> like this, <laughs> this just happened at the gym. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. I kind of didn't really, you know, I wasn't really telling him what I do. I was just kind of listening, hearing about. Uh -huh. And then the next day I showed up with a proposal. <laughs> to oh, help wow. Him marketing. I don't wow. think I really took him off guard. I don't think he quite expected that. But um, you could say that was my very first client. I love and it. Um, it all just kind of grew from there. Every single time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the main thing that I do, um, in addition to Indie Business Network, but mm -hmm. the main kind of target market of Jargon Gist is mm -hmm. uh, technical companies, engineers, mm -hmm. or scientists mm -hmm. who are just having the, the darndest time <laughs> trying to figure mm -hmm. out how to explain their expertise. So really helping them break down big ideas. I like to say, mm -hmm. um, I like to work on content that turns huh into wow. Yes. <laughs> you can yes. look at it that you can look at it from that perspective. I love it. I love how you found your first client while you were working out. You took advantage of an opportunity, like you saw an opportunity and you took advantage of it. So what a lucky guy to to have been working out and grumbling next to you because you turned oh, his yeah. pain. Oh, yeah, it was so fun to work with them. One you turned his pain clients. into profit. So that's great. Uh, um, yeah. But, you know, one of the things, as you said, like he had a really technical business. But if you think about it, makers who manufacture products, to some extent, they have technicalities and they have ingredients and they have things Absolutely. about their products 
that may not be, you know, fancy technical on a high-end scientific level, but on some level, they have to also explain to their customers why they're the oils they use in their products, for example, or maybe why the wick they use in their candle is better than other wicks. And so there are some things that that we have to explain to our customers, but we don't want their eyes to glaze over, but we want them to know the benefits, right? Absolutely. That's a great point because um, if you've read the book, um, Story Brand, they mm-hmm. really dive into this, this mm-hmm. uh, area right here. Mm-hmm. They call it the curse of knowledge. So mm-hmm. for instance, just because you um, know, you work with cocoa butter every day, let's use that as an example, mm-hmm. and you know everything about cocoa butter and mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you know all the ins and outs and you kind of start to build up this assumption that everyone mm-hmm. else knows all of those things about cocoa butter as well. Mm-hmm. But if somebody comes to your website and they're just looking for a balm or a moisturizer, mm-hmm. they don't really know what the heck the benefits of cocoa butter are or what, mm-hmm. what the heck it is to begin with. So you really have to remember that you kind of have to start from the very bottom of the ladder. Mm-hmm. You've got to start from scratch. And you have to remember that not everything you know, your customers know. So you kind of have to make sure everything that you're doing is explaining things Um it's explaining things properly to people and not being afraid to, you know, some people feel as though they're dumbing it down mm-hmm. in a way when they try to break down something like that. But, you know, explaining, teaching something to somebody, is there's that's not dumbing it down. Mm-hmm. So you can really look at it that way, teaching your customers, you know, about your expertise, uh, about your manufacturing processes, about, you know, the various ingredients. We just used cocoa butter for an example, but, you know, I know we have lots of members who, uh, work on lavender farms, you know, people mm-hmm. don't know that what goes into that. So tell that story, really mm-hmm. find the stories that are buried in um, the knowledge that you take for granted. Right. And one of the great things about the social media options that we have today is that it's easy to teach people things with or without words or, or in combination, because like yeah. you said, if you have a lavender farm, You can take a video of how you're harvesting the lavender or what the lavender buds look like close up. And people are interested in that because if they're going to buy the product, they're interested in how it looks and how it's handled before it gets into a box, right? So you can showcase that. Right. And I think that's something, especially people who own a maker business, they always Mm -hmm. forget like what an advantage and kind of Mm -hmm. an advantage they have over everybody else that's out there creating content. They do. You have your hands in this stuff every day. You're manufacturing it. That's great content right there. Um, we do some stuff on where we feature different members kind of behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, making their products. We call it show me the making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, you have such a great opportunity to show people those behind the scenes looks, show you whipping up a batch of, you know, a special yeah. we, we, of, uh, whipping up a batch of specialty soaps, you know, it's mm-hmm. so cool the opportunities that makers have to create content. And mm-hmm. I think they kind of take it for granted. So mm-hmm. if you really just kind of slow down and take a look at your day, you have so many cool experiences you can capture mm-hmm. from social media content. You know, and I want to tell a little story um, along those lines. I was at a maker market once and there was a woman there selling handmade earrings. And the earrings that I purchased from her were made with like polymer clay and they had the imprint of a seashell in them. Oh, beautiful. Let me just tell you though, she had a video of herself on the beach collecting the seashells. That's amazing. That's a great example. She had the actual seashell that was impressed in my earring. She sold me the seashell and the earring. And one of the reasons I bought the earring is because she actually had the seashell. Yeah. Yes. So it was the whole story. That's so special. Finding my seashell. I felt like, you know, she had a video. Like I didn't buy the video, but it was on Instagram. The video was there and everything. It was so special. Yeah, um, you have, as a maker, you have access to all those steps along the way. You know, like you said, searching for the seashells. Um, collecting the seashells, you know, I mean, I think the, um, the obstacle a lot of people run into is they try to emulate a lot of bigger companies, you know, Coca-Cola can't go down to the factory and record making Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, makers have such a beautiful opportunity to record themselves along the way and turn it into something so cherished. Like you just, you just presented. 
Yeah, I, I just thought it was the, I was like in awe. I was like, she was like, yeah, and here's the seashell that was impressed. And I was like, okay, where, okay, how much is it? Like, here's my card. <laughs> like, this must be meant for me. And she made it seem so special. And I thought that was just such a, a nice, and, and I think a lot of times we forget how special it is. Like, and we don't, yeah, yeah. And, and it takes a customer to come along with their mouth on the floor like me to remind us that it's a really, really special thing. So thank you for sharing that. Um, a few yeah. Minutes oh, ago, one, other, one other thing about yeah. that that um, I think is really important is uh, one of my writing tips really applies to this scenario mm-hmm, you just said. Mm-hmm. I always say if someone's having trouble figuring out how to write about their products, whether you're doing product descriptions or a blog post or whatever, what have you, um, start by recording yourself talking about your products. I mean, there are so many times where I'm working with a new client and they something say something super cool, like something that totally differentiates themselves from the competition. And then I'm looking around their website and those ideas are nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. For some reason, you know, we get like website blindness. We put stuff on our website. We totally forget about it. We don't know what's there. But then, you know, especially for maker businesses, say you're out in a market and you're talking to, you know, your dream client and you're so enthusiastic. You're telling these beautiful stories like you just shared. Um, you use language and words that you might not use when you're sitting there looking at the blank screen. So when you're feeling especially stoked about your business that day, or even if you're, you know, are at a market or a fair, you know, record yourself talking about your products, capture that enthusiasm when you get it. And that's really going to help you further down the line when you do have to write those product descriptions or that copy for your website. Yeah, that, that's a oh. great point too. So um, copy, you know, things to write and share with people are always happening. So like, do you recommend that people like, like keep your phone notes app ready or a little pad and a piece of paper? Because these ideas come all the time and we can lose them if we don't like record them really quickly or keep track of them as we go. Right. Absolutely. I am. I think Apple probably wants to charge me more money for how much I use my notes app. I'm taking up so much space on the cloud right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm writing down things all the time. Um, I think that's a really important point. You need to write down almost every thought you have, (laughs) Um, you know, things you read, people you meet, conversations you hold, you know, I call it loading everything up into the think walk, like the big pan in your brain where everything kind of just simmers and waits for the opportunity to come out. Because there is going to be that moment where something else happens and you can connect three other unrelated things that happened, you know, over the past six months into one really beautiful story. But in order to capture that, you do have to write everything down and you do have to, I mean, take notes, have a journal. I use the notes app on my phone, you know, let everything load everything up into your brain and kind of wait for those little majestic connections that happen to create something amazing out of it. One thing you mentioned earlier in our conversation, Larissa, was AI. I think oh, yeah. AI kind of in passing. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Most people know, but just in case people don't, what is it and how can we take advantage of it? And maybe there are some things to be wary of when it comes to AI. Let us know. Absolutely. So um, I guess we'll just start with kind of explaining what is going on out there with AI. I mean, it's such all the rage right now. Lots of people have heard of it, but I'm sure um, there's plenty who also haven't dived into it yet. So, um, you know, just the general gist, there's a bunch of AI tools out there uh, called mm-hmm. ChatGPT. Google just, uh, Google's testing their Google Bard. You can test that right now. Um, and and basically, it's, it's, just to make sure it's artificial intelligence, yeah, right? Artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So you can ask a question, what is a supernova or what are blog post ideas for a candle maker? And, you know, boom, you'll get an answer. Um, You can kind of imagine it as like a souped up version of, you know, your predictive text on your on your phone. So if you like drop in a couple of words into a text message, your phone kind of thinks up a few follow up words based on what it thinks you're trying to say. So AI kind of takes that idea and totally uh, soups it up. So they scour, scours a slice of the internet and guesses the next best concept or word to generate the answer. So you can, so you can basically ask anything you want and it'll scour the web and give you a straight answer back. It's kind of like, and the way that it works is kind of like that game you ever played, um, six degrees to Kevin Bacon. (laughs) 
Right, um, right, right. Where people would try to analyze their network of acquaintances to see how closely linked they were to Kevin Bacon, the actor. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. mathematically, like artificial intelligence kind of plays that game. It evaluates how closely everything it knows is related to your question and then presents a best guess analysis in, you know, kind of normal chatty language. Okay. And so, um, and so then if you're, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, oh, did you have a follow-up question? I'm just going to kind of move into some of the challenges you might. Yeah. Run so into. I'm just thinking like, let's just say you make uh, romantic candles and yeah. you want to market your candles and you want to tell people what are the best fragrances for uh, romantic candles? Because maybe you'll find that you make some of them. So you want to write maybe a blog post about that topic, um, how to set the mood for romance with fragrance, right? So you want to write yeah. a blog post about it, but maybe you don't feel like you're a good writer or you don't have a whole lot of time. So you can use one of these tools and it will spit out, right? Literally spit out a bunch of words that basically say, you know, to set the mood for romance with candles, you do this, 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 and this, right? So you come out with, I don't know, 300 words or something, and there you have it. So, so you've got something that you can quote unquote, supposedly, right? Cut and paste that was written by the great internet, whatever that is, the internet of things, right? And so I've read a lot of blog posts about this. Like, can you just use that? Like, and, and maybe this is where we get to Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, who wrote so, it? Is it copyright protected? Like, what are the problems with just asking the internet to write your content for you and just slapping it on your website? Yeah. So um, AI is really fun to play with. It does feel a little bit magical to use, but I think the most important thing to remember is it's not a divining rod. <laughs> Um, just because you get an answer doesn't mean that's the best answer. In most, in some cases, it may not even be a correct answer. Um, so instead of viewing AI as, you know, the second coming, <laughs> I love to use it more as like a research or copywriting co-pilot. But you have to remember that your experiences and perspectives and critical thinking are also what you need to toss into the pot to give it that extra oomph. So mm-hmm. definitely cutting and pasting what you find from on what you get back from AI definitely isn't suggested. Um, <laughs> it also is to the point that you just made, um, you uh, can't copyright anything that came from AI. So essentially someone, if it's known that it's written by AI can come and take your stuff and build their own website with it. So it's something you definitely want to be careful with in that regard. Right, right, um, right. And I, I also, you know, one thing I say, I like to, always make sure I bring up when talking about artificial intelligence tools mm-hmm. or tools that can mm-hmm. uh, seem to make things easier mm-hmm. <laughs> is um, you really want to stop and think about this one because it's it's a different answer for everyone. But I always advise people against too many, many tools that promise to deliver Oz with no yellow brick road. <laughs> I mean, especially as a maker business or small business, there's so many parts of the process that you need to be involved in and so many Um, beautiful moments you encounter along the way that make you feel more personally invested in your business and give you that feeling of ownership in your business. And if you suddenly skip out or outsource or use AI to run, you know, too many parts of your business, it really kind of starts to deteriorate your personal involvement and kind of your Mm. heart investment in your business. That's a really good point. I always say Mm -hmm. don't automate things with the purpose of disengaging yourself from your business, but you can use AI to bolster your engagement um, your engagement and involvement. That's a really good point. I, I often refer to that as delegating without abdicating, abdicating, right? Yeah, and there's absolutely. a difference. Yeah. That's and especially a really with the maker point. business, you also don't want to re- rely on too many tools mm-hmm. that kind of separate or build any walls between you and your audience. I mean, if you're having trouble already being consistent on social media, using a bunch of AI tools to spit out the captions that you're right. just going to, you know, as they call post and ghost. <laughs> Will not help. Ghost. Building out, building out that community is so vital. Engaging with your community, um, posting mm-hmm. things that you know, kind of, especially, mm-hmm. especially with the maker business, you're doing something mm-hmm. you love doing, um, something that you were inspired to create, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of mm-hmm. locking that responsibility off on automation. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. This is really going to build the thriving, excited to buy community that you yeah. want to build. 
That's so true because, it, you know, they could go to the big box store and buy what you offer if they don't want to be have an experience with your brand. That's a, that's yeah. a really good point. Post and ghost. I love that. <laughs> makers have, as we said before, makers have a huge advantage over yeah. other businesses, especially yeah. those in the big, like big box brands. Like, yeah. don't rely on anything that masks you. Like, we all have our right. own quirks and personal stories, and you know, those are the yeah. things that make writing really fun and bring life to your writing. Yeah, kind of like all that out of left field stuff. So, you know, kind of right. going straight with what comes out of the AI box, kind of makes takes away part of that magical part of owning your own maker business. It does. And I love one of your Instagram posts that I saw recently said that, um, right, you can you can use AI to get started, but you need to add what makes it, as you said, quote unquote, meaty and magical. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is a really good one. Like I said, you want to use artificial intelligence as a uh, your research or copywriting yeah. co-pilot. Um, right. Don't let it fly the plane. Um, oh, nice, nice, nice. You want to be flying the plane, but you can have it in the jump seat there. Right. Um, I do have a few a few examples if you want Please. me to share of um, some questions. They call them prompts that you mm -hmm. can um, ask of are these various artificial intelligence tools. Please do. Um, so I would say instead of coming, instead of saying, come up with a blog post for a soap maker, <laughs> Um, say something like, give me five blog ideas for a soap maker that focuses on pop culture references. The title should include keywords like soap, gifts, and popular TV shows. Um, you know, I just put that one into Google Bard this morning, and I got ideas like Marvel soaps, gift, gifts for the superhero fan, or how to make soap that looks like your favorite TV characters. <laughs> so even if you don't specifically love any of those, you can see you really could get some fun ones that can get the ball rolling towards your next idea. Right. The key thing there, as you heard in my example, is you have you should be ultra specific. Uh, don't just say, I need a product description for a candle. Um, kind of back to that example I just used about a company that makes candles with pop culture references. Um, say, I make a candle inspired by Star Wars. Please help me write a product description for a Luke Skywalker inspired candle. Use poetic language that imagines the flame lights up like a lightsaber. You're going to get so much more interesting uh, answer to that question than if you mm -hmm. just said, give me a product description for a candle. So nice. be as specific as you can. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. always remember, you can talk back to these AI tools. Um, it's mm -hmm. more of a conversation. So if you don't like what you received back, um, you know, add some more context. Uh, Give a given some additional follow up information. You know, mm -hmm. just pop that in there, and AI can mm -hmm. adapt and turn out something more helpful. Um, a couple of other ways you can use it. You can use it to research uh, specific scenarios. You know, what kinds of words to use. Uh, we were talking a bit earlier about carving out a certain part of your day to own with your brand. So whether you're gonna you want to focus on helping people relax at the end of the day, or mm -hmm. you know, getting their morning started right. Mm -hmm. Whatever part of the day you want to own in that regard, you can ask AI something like, list mm -hmm. 10 frustrations busy busy moms have with maintaining a beauty routine. Um, and then it'll give you a list of 10 frustrations busy moms mm -hmm. have with maintaining a beauty routine. And you can use those answers to help you build your social media ideas. Um, those are some other, great tips. Those oh, are some yeah, great. Other, those are some great queries. I hope, I hope um, our members are listening. Those are some great <laughs> blog posts. Here's some other things you can ask. I would, you can use it to generate uh, frequently asked questions. So what questions might customers have about candles? Or what are 20 questions customers might have about cocoa butter we were talking about? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you probably have so many questions in your customer support inbox, social media, or that people ask at markets. But asking AI to generate a list of frequently asked questions for you is also another great way to get the ball rolling. That's awesome. And then you can add those to you. They can become blog posts. You can, they can become Instagram posts. They can become videos or they can actually become part of your frequently asked questions because you can answer them. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. I think Perfect. those are some great tools for getting started with it. Like I said, like don't Excellent. go to it saying, please write my whole website because it's not going to work. Right. <laughs> um, right. Ask really right. specific questions and, yeah. you know, implement your personal stories and your critical mm -hmm. thinking and the answers to, mm -hmm. like you said, turn it into something meaty and magical.
Meaty and magical. I love it. That makes such a difference. So um, you mentioned a couple of actual tools. I think you said chatgpt.com. Do you know of any other ones that um, that you um, use that have been helpful? It's not chatgpt.com. I think it's... I oh, I'm sorry. I'm, not, sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think if you wrong. go there, you'll get something else. That is the name of it. I'm just saying don't go to chatgpt.com. Uh, if you go to openai, openai.com, you can click the try chatgpt. Okay, openai.com. Okay, thank yeah. you for that. Okay. And then um, Google also has released an AI tool. It's called Bard. So you can Google um, Google Bard and you can okay. try out um, their experience there. Uh, one quick tip, if you want to try out Google Bard, uh, you cannot use it from accounts that are technically Google Workspace accounts. So mm -hmm. if, for instance, and if you're signed in to, as at indiebusinessnetwork.com, Mm -hmm. In my case, at jargonjist.com, it won't let you mm -hmm. use it. So use a personal Gmail account and you can check oh, out. Oh, I Google just Google. noticed that. Yes, I can't use it from my Indie Business Network account, yeah. but so I can use, use it from account. my generic one. Yeah, okay, yeah. perfect. So that's how you can access Got Google it. Bard if it tells mm -hmm. you you can't use it. Okay, thank you for that. That's a big tip, right? Because I can imagine people going there being frustrated. So thank you for sharing that. Wow. All right, Larissa Lewis from Jargon Gist. Wow, this is just a boatload of awesome tips to help us in our copywriting and content creation efforts. Uh, Larissa, tell us where to go to find out more about you. Where's the best place to follow you? And if we need some help from you with our content creation, where, where do we go? Absolutely. So um, you can follow me on Instagram um, if you love. Just uh, wandering around uh, in great ideas. <laughs> My Instagram account's a fun place to go. Um, I say we start I can hopping vouch for that, by the way. <laughs> I can vouch for that. It's jargon gist. Instagram. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's written it's by Larissa. Written by Larissa. That's right. I'm sorry. Jargon gist is the website. Yes. Yes. So written by Larissa. L A R I S S A. Um, I would say we just kind of star hop the universe and talk about cool ideas. A lot of them are about writing, um, different, like we talked, like we talked earlier about, uh, how mm -hmm. our brains form memories and talk about stuff like that. I'm always interested in psychology, communication. Uh, if you just want to learn how to communicate and connect better and learn about some really fun stuff, uh, it's a good place to hang out. Yes, so, it is. Come on, join. I, written by Larissa. Written by Larissa at Instagram. It is fun. And you are so energetic. Like whenever I watch one of your videos or read one of your Instagram posts, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go create content now. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> I feel so inspired and I feel so oh, capable you. because your tips are so they're so they're meaty and magical. Yes, they are. And um, and they're also doable. And thank you for that because there's so much on the internet that's meaty but not magical like it's really meaty but it's not so magical yeah because, yeah and yours I really are. like to I really like to focus on stuff that can kind of help you think about something differently mm -hmm. um and versus you know here's five ways to write a better caption <laughs> I kind right. of like to help teach people this uh how to view things so that they can write and communicate differently kind of yeah. uh holistically so um it's really fun I really enjoy it well, it comes through that you enjoy it. You clearly enjoy it. And that's what makes it so great because the energy is always there. We totally appreciate it. Instagram.com forward slash written by Larissa. We've been talking with Larissa Lewis, the CEO and founder at Jargon Gist. Make sure you check her out over there on Instagram at written by Larissa and get your meaty and magical tips today. Thank you so much for joining us, Larissa. We really appreciate all the amazing content that you've given us to help us be more successful in creating our content. Oh, thank you so much. It was an incredible opportunity. Thank you. We'll see you next time, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Well, I hope this episode of the Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, motivated, and excited about the future of your business and your life. Let's quickly review the three most significant insights Larissa and I discussed today. 
One, you are a content creator. No matter what kind of business you have, you are also a content creator. You're a publisher. And it is vital that you figure out the best ways that you can connect personally with the people who are most likely to buy your products and services. This connection is not one and done. It's a process that requires you to create and share information. And while there are many ways to do that on an ongoing basis, social media is awesome because it's a direct bridge from you to your customer. Larissa shares something she calls the Cinnabon theory, and you'll want to make sure you listen to this episode to get that so you can use it to your benefit. Two, just get started. I love how Larissa called this the most annoying tip ever, but it's so true. No matter the endeavor, if it's a challenge for you, you'll sometimes procrastinate or avoid it completely when all you really need to do is just take a step forward and get started. Larissa reminds us in this episode that when it comes to preparing content, you need to figure out what motivates you personally and use that to get you going in the direction of taking action that you might otherwise not take. Do what's fun for you. And the only way to figure that out is to get started. It's kind of circular, but life is like that sometimes. And three tips for embracing artificial intelligence. Larissa described AI as a kind of souped up version of the type of predictive text that appears when you're texting someone and your phone begins to fill in your message based on a guess about what you're about to say. It's not always right, as we know, and this is a good way to illustrate the double-edged sword that AI can be. If you use AI, it will give you a string of characters that you can consider incorporating into some of your marketing materials but it can also be bland and vanilla without your personal input. And as an indie, you want to be anything but bland and vanilla, right? So don't miss Larissa's extremely informative revelations about AI, plus some super good examples of how to conduct effective AI searches for content you can use to market your business. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation and will subscribe to the Indie Business Podcast so you can continue to be inspired by exciting stories of independent small business owners across the nation. For more information on how we can help you achieve the ultimate trifecta of a happy life, a profitable business, and a meaningful legacy, check us out at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at IndieBusiness. See you next time. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation and will subscribe to the Indie Business Podcast so you can continue to be inspired by exciting stories of independent small business owners across the nation. For more information on how we can help you achieve the ultimate trifecta of a happy life, a profitable business, and a meaningful legacy, check us out at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Indie Business. See you next time.